welcome to episode 151 of Magic the Amateuring. 251. What did I say? 151. 251. Surprise! <laughs> to me! Gosh, we've done a lot of episodes. We really have. Holy cow. So... <laughs> Magic the Amateuring is a podcast for magic players who want to improve their game, learn more about the world of magic, or become more involved in their magic community. Or just have a weird time. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, Maria, here to help guide you through your weird time. I'm one of your hosts, Megan, here to hold a lamp up in the darkness that is the The world. world. (laughs) (laughs) And we hope to hold up many lamps this episode for you because we have just an array of delights. It's like a candy store on Candy Day, which is a very unknown holiday. Uh, wait, what is the candy store the rest of the time? It's it's a normal candy store, but on candy day, okay. it's like candy store times two. So it'd be like one candy store in, within another candy store. Why aren't they just always like that if they have the <laughs> stock available to keep their store like really fully stocked? Because then it wouldn't be candy day, Megan. It's like, why isn't every day Crimbus? Well, you don't want everybody to be Crimbus because then Crimbus means nothing. But okay, isn't it candy day every day in a candy store? <laughs> No, I'm specifically talking about Candy Day, November 14th. Happy Candy Day. Okay. Oh, what day is today, by the way? I think it is November 14th. Is Is it it? really? Yes, it's literally exactly November 14th. (laughs) I swear to you, I did not know what today was, and I just said November 14th. It weaseled its way into your brain. Somehow, subconsciously, I must have known. It's like how I know what time it is subconsciously. Does that ever happen to you? No, I literally never know (laughs) what time it is. (laughs) Megan, if you could guess, oh, you're looking at a clock. What time is it? Uh, God, what time is it right now? Okay. It's like... Central Daylight Time. Um, 11.30. (laughs) 11.07. And do you know what? For the fact that I knew what time it was, like I looked at a clock like 15 minutes ago, I shouldn't have been that wrong. (laughs) Sometimes I will forget to set my alarm and I will wake up on the very minute that I told myself I had to wake up. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen. Isn't that weird? Yeah. How does your body know? It's, it's magic. One of those magical mysteries we'll just uh, we'll have to explore on our magical podcast. Our That's ma- right. Ma- magical medical podcast. <laughs> but not on this episode. Because no. this episode, we've already got a jam-packed list of stuff to talk about. That's right. What? Unstable. What? Unstable is happening. Awesome. It's We're going to talk about unset. it. I'm so excited. Ne- neither Megan or I have played any unset ever in the history of magic. So yeah, uh, we've got some preview cards for you. Brand new, hot off the presses, never before seen or heard from that you are going to hear for, for the very first time on the show. What? That's right. We've got That's two of right. Woo. Uh, then we're also going to answer some questions from our mailbag. Yes. We're going to talk a little bit about regionals, SCG regionals, which happened not this weekend, but two weekends ago. You were there. Which I was at. Yeah. And we'll give you a quick recap on Grand Prix Atlanta, which happened this past weekend. And looking ahead to Grand Prix Portland this coming weekend. Guess what? We'll give you a spoiler alert. Grand Prix Atlanta wasn't won by Team or Energy. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> ignored get out of here team energy we're sick that's right we are just sick of you we would pretend like grand prix atlanta didn't happen (laughs) 
That's so rough. But before we get into our show, a quick thank you, of course, to our sponsors, everybody who joins us on Patreon. That's right. You are a sponsor of the show if you support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash MTAcast is the uh, website to go to if you want to become a member of our Less Than 1% Club and a member of our family to help support the show. I got to be real with you for a second. Uh, Hosting the show for you every week is an absolute blast, and I want to keep the party rolling. That's uh, right. In order to do that, we need your support and uh, thank you to everybody who helps us out every single month. It is absolutely crucial to our existence as podcasters and members of this magic community. So if you think, hey, Megan and Maria, every week you give me something that I think that's a little funny down in my laughing bone. Well, hey, uh, throw a dollar our way or, you know, five or whatever. Candy day in a candy store, (laughs) laughing in a laughing bone. (laughs) All right. Where do you think All right. the laughing boat, just FYI, we're not a medical podcast, but it is different location than the funny boat. Oh. I just want to point that All out. All right. Good, good point. But no doctor has ever found it. <laughs> because doctors are notoriously never comedians. If you're both a doctor and a comedian, oh. tweet at us at MTX. That would be so weird. Like A doctor and a comedian? Yeah, I think a lot of doctors think they're funny, but they are definitely not funny. They're like funny in a in like a parent way. Yeah, dad joke kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you as well to cardkingdom.com slash MTAcast. They're our other sponsor of the show, and they're a fantastic place to go for everything that you could ever want for magic. And let me tell you why you should go to cardkingdom.com slash MTAcast literally this second. Because you can pre-order the lands from Unstable, the full art lands. <gasps> what? I know. I have you seen them, Megan? They're amazing. They're, They're borderless. Everything I want in my life, and They're incredible. They're beautiful. I need them. <laughs> so, you can pre-order them. Yeah, get over there. Cardkingdom.com/slash/mtaka. Hey, Megan, let's dip our hand into the mail bag. I hope there's not a piranha in there. Why would a piranha be in a bag? Well, uh, you just gotta always be careful. If you're not thinking. If you're not worried about a piranha, I'd say that's when they're going to strike. <laughs> what if I'm nowhere near water? Well, uh, that's also like great opportunity for a piranha. If I'm a piranha and I'm like, where would somebody least expect me? Probably nowhere near water, probably in some kind of bag. Yeah. Probably in a box no, of triscuits. Right. I put my hand in. Uh, and a piranha, piranha gets, you. gets you. If I had to th- if I had to think of the least likely place, <laughs> a box of triscuits is way up there. Way up there. It's like, uh, when I've just put them out of my mind, finally, that's when they know. So our first mailbag question comes from a Lego remix. Uh, this was initially for last week's episode uh, with our friend Sam, which is a great episode. If you haven't listened to it, it really go is. back and check it out. Uh, but we'll answer this to the best of our ability. How do you stop yourself from going on tilt during a set or tournament? In MTG and in plenty of other competitive games, I often find myself doing well initially only to blow around and then start playing poorly because I'm upset with myself over blowing that earlier round. Well, Lego remix. Let me first uh, point out that going on tilt is not just uh, something that happens in magic. Okay, it's a it's you know a it's term. It's a life thing. It's a life thing. It's a life thing. It was a term from poker. So uh, there's been a lot of writing about this on the internet. So if you want to do some research, you can go pretty deep through the tilt hole about uh, p- other people's strategies for coping with it. But you specifically asked for ours, uh, so we can give them to you. Yeah, um, I would say that the, so there's like two different things that you have to deal with when you're on tilt, right? Um, you have to think about one, like the emotional 
impact of like feeling super negative about something that you sh- you're doing because you should be enjoying it, right? Right. Like usually we want to play magic not because it's it, fun. it makes you really angry, but because it makes you happy. <laughs> um, so you, I feel like that's like one axis of it. And then there's the other, like another part of it, which is, is it going to make me play poorly in the future? Yeah. Um, and I think like the two are definitely related. If you're really unhappy and you can't stop focusing on how mad you are or how upset you are, then like your play is definitely going to suffer because of that. Um, so yeah, I think for me, um, and I, we'll talk about this a little bit later too when I'm talking about the regionals, because trust me, I made some mistakes. <laughs> I, I made a lot of mistakes. And part of that was for me, um, instead of focusing on the fact that I had misplayed in any given scenario, I just like stepped back and tried to be very analytical about what had happened in the game. So rather than looking at around and being like, God, I'm so mad because that should have been a good matchup and I lost it. Yeah. Um, I would step back and be like, why did I lose that game? And if I can just be like, okay, I can put it down to, I got the wrong land out at some point. Um, my, my game plan was sort of um, geared towards one type of strategy when obviously my opponent was, like attacking me along a different axis, right? I tried to just be, be and that's like, actionable for the yeah, future. Exactly, and that's so I tried to turn it into not I can't believe I did that just then, but how am I going to now win a game in the future? Right, because of what I learned in that scenario. Absolutely. When I go on tilt, <clears throat> it's usually very brief, but it does happen. And yeah. the way that I deal with it is that I, if I, it usually is because I've made a mistake and I get upset at myself. Not normally at, versus like if I, uh, something based on what my, what my opponent has done, unless they're being a real jerk to me or something like that. But uh, the way that I deal with it is to try um, and enlarge the scenario, which is kind of what I do a lot of in my life, which is pers- trying to put it in perspective. And so I try and remember uh, why I'm there and why I play Magic, was, which is exactly because it's fun and it's great and uh, it's a fantastic game. And I just widen out and look at my life and I'm like, there's a lot of good things going on. And uh, this is just like a small drop in the bucket, which is just <laughs> like, you know, it's just a tiny little minuscule thing in the grand scheme of life. And that's uh, generally how I deal with it. And um, also, too, uh, if you make mistakes... And they're big, high mistakes that, you know, force you to uh, cause you to lose the game or whatever. Pro players do it all the time. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you can beat yourself up, but please don't do it very long or very hard because we see it in the top eight of tournaments at the top of the pro tour. Yeah, they will say all the time. Magic is a hard game. (laughs) This happens. You can't kill yourself. You have to accept what has happened and then let go and move on. Yeah, Um, I find that like like. Finding some time because like a lot of times if you go to tournaments with somebody, it can be really easy to like start talking with your friends immediately. And I feel like that doesn't always give you a lot of time to like process if you're just like mad because I do the same thing where I'll get like I'll get really angry Um, just but like very internally. Right. I, I like try not to express it at all. But it's like it's a very negative and powerful feeling. So I need to like I usually like walk out of the hall a little bit. Um, I'll like go and I'll like get coffee maybe. Yeah. I always have like a book uh, with me at a tournament. So like I'll usually sit down and I'll just like read a little bit of my book. I'll completely separate myself from the tournament environment. So it's kind of like a nice like reset. Yeah. If it's like, do you know what? If I stay in this room, if I stay in this headspace, if I talk to my magic friends, I'm only going to keep thinking about this thing. Yeah. Um, whereas if I like, if I just break myself off completely, if I pretend like I'm somewhere else for like five minutes, uh, 
then it's I'm going to be able to come back to this with a clear head and say, do you know what? I'm somewhere new. It's like it's a new round. I can be a new person who's better at the game of magic than that. The rest of your life starts now. (laughs) Isn't that what they say? You know, you could alternatively put cute pictures of cats on your phone and funny little outfits and just take a peek at those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I just, that's kind of a joke, but I'm actually serious. No, I look at funny Twitter accounts. Yeah, look at funny Twitter accounts. So, and I think that also remembering that it's like a human being across from you when you're playing and like even at the end of a game, um, making sure that you're being kind to the person yeah, can um, very much help you like stifle negative emotions as they're arising. Because if it's just like, even if it's just like looking at them and smiling and being like, good game, even if inside you're just like, that was the worst terrible game of all game. time, that's a human being and they deserve to be treated kindly by you. And if you just make that like smiling, it'll yeah. make your brain happier you know there was a that moment a thread on reddit that was pretty high the other day that was a bus driver posting hey when people get off my bus and say thank you before they leave it makes all the difference in the world to me and makes me so happy and like a lot of people posted and upvoted it and it's like just a reminder that this small action can create a huge ripple effect of um making other people's lives better and probably yours too (laughs) honestly um all right. Next question. Timorn. Uh, I'm building green, white elves in modern and cannot decide which build to play with devoted druid vizier combo or without. Um, so this is a great question. Yeah. And uh, one that I have certainly thought about because I tried the one, the version with the combo and it's really sweet to have a two card combo in your deck. Um, and you have all these ways like collecting company and court of calling to just make it happen sometimes like just like that. Yeah. Super cool. At the same time, when I played the combo version, I felt like it was clunkier. Um, Devoted Druid without the Vizier is like not a great elves card. It does for for you're paying two mana for it and it does for two mana what you have eight cards that can do at one, which four, I'm talking about like four copies of Land Royals, four copies of um, Elvish Mystic, right? Sure. So it just feels like it always, like playing a Devoted Druid and not having the combo to me just is feels like such a downer. Like Elves is streamlined, right? It's streamlined it's and so beautiful. It's streamlined and it made it feel a lot clunkier to me. That being said, um, Martin Yuza and Andrew Beckstrom put in a lot of time and a lot of practice on the version with the vizier combo and they have both won grand a uh, grand prix <laughs> multiple grand prix <laughs> martin Musa is in the hall of fame so whatever um, and if he thinks that it's worth playing <laughs> you could definitely consider that to be um a higher authority than mine <laughs> my personal opinion is that um if i if i'm playing elves i would probably play the version without the combo just because devoted druid feels so clunky to me uh but there are very good players who disagree, and that's probably worth a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next question is a fun one uh, from Nick. So flying plus trample equals flample, and trample plus haste equals dance party. Yes. <laughs> a nod to the, uh, what was it called? Um I'm going to mess it up. I was going to say Robo Rosewater, but um, (laughs) no, uh, Rosewater Stone, a Twitter account. We need names for some of the other common ones. What about Vigilink for Vigilance and Lifelink? (laughs) That's pretty cute. Okay, make ones up for Death Touch plus plus Lifelink. I think that's obviously just Deathlink. Deathlink for sure, 100%. Haste and Menace. Or or Life Touch. (laughs) (laughs) Life Touch? That's a brand of feminine products. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, really. Life touch. Life touch. (laughs) Okay, death wink. Death wink for sure. Haste and menace. Ooh, um. Men haste. Men Hennis. No, No, neither of those work. So let's make up something new for haste and menace. Yeah, haste. Um, Um, hangry. (laughs) Yes, okay, hangry. There we go. It's hangry. Hangry. Uh, flying and vigilance. Flagellance. Flagellance. It's definitely just flagellance. <laughs> Moving on. That's great. Great question. Great question. Great question. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to submit any of these questions uh, for us, you can just become a member on mm-hmm. patreon.com slash MTACast and hook up with our Discord chat and submit them in the mailbag section. That's right. Alternatively, if you don't want to use Discord, you can just message us through Patreon as a patron and uh, we'll answer your question on the air. Absolutely. Do, 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 do. Unstable preview time. That's right, everybody. We've got not one, but two, two sick unstable previews for you here. I'm so excited because unstable speaks to me as like the Magic the Amateuring set. It's fun. Yeah. It's irreverent. It's silly. The cards are still amazing to play in draft or a limited environment. And it'll be fun in cube and other singleton yeah. formats later on. So this set right up our alley. I'm calling it's it. It's going to be awesome. And already I'm in love with almost everything that I'm seeing. And uh, our preview cards are no exception. So Megan, hit us off with our first brand new Unstable preview card. So our first card is an uncommon slaying mantis yes a plus name slaying mantis five green green a uh, creature insect wrestler so six six <laughs> the art by the way which is awesome unstable has got some great art is this yeah. mantis wearing a luchador mask and just body just slamming body slam a bunch of, <laughs> of other wrestlers beautiful um just a second as long as the spell is on the stack players can't move cards on the battlefield <laughs> Love it. Uh, Slaying Mantis enters the battlefield by being thrown from a distance of at least three feet. When Slaying Mantis enters the battlefield, it fights each creature and opponent controls that it touched as it entered. Brilliant. Awesome. Yeah. So three feet. Get your measuring tapes out if you're going to an unstable uh, pre-release event. Yeah. Because you're going to want to stick to the rules. You're also going to want to like perfect. You know, usually we prepare for um, for releases by like... uh, like reading up on the instance and sorceries. Yeah. Kind of thinking about we always do our like our worst rares. Yep. Um, you know, you think about what cards you want to open, what yeah. synergies. This one you're gonna also want to put practice on some practice throwing, throwing cards. Practice throwing. Exactly. Magicians will have a uh, you know, a little leg up on That's this right. set. They as sure it will. Were. Because they're going to be used to this, but uh, this is my question. So, like, if I'm if say slaying man- mantis hits three creatures, uh-huh. um, is it still just going to fight one and then it'll have the damage marked on it, fight the other one, and then potentially die? I think my my guess is that it will like it'll fight them all at once. You remember Pelucranos? Yeah, it dealt damage to all of them, and they all dealt damage to it at the same time. Same time, when simultaneous. You, yeah. Okay. So my guess is that the fight happens happens simultaneously. Like slaying mantis will deal six to those creatures, and they'll all deal damage to to it. Okay. And then like maybe it'll die. Maybe it won't. Just kind of depending. One eight hundred Judge Rob. <laughs> 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 all right. Here's our next card. 
Party Crasher. Nice, Maria. Tell us what's going on with All right, this is four in red for a 3-3. It's a goblin berserker, and the art, once again, A-plus. It's a goblin with a super long snoot and a chainsaw just wreaking havoc. It has haste. You can attack with Party Crasher once each combat during each opponent's turn. What does that mean? (laughs) So this means, like, (laughs) if... (laughs) So if it's an opponent's attack step, you are you can, you also, can also, attack? also attack with this. <laughs> and I assume the attack happens at the same time. So like they cannot yeah, like a- you're both declaring attackers. attackers. That's yeah. great. So like yeah. they can't block with one of their attacking creatures. I I love this, I yeah. love this card. It's so it's silly. Awesome. Flavor you're- text: No rest, no mercy. No reservations. <laughs> this guy just walks up to Olive Garden and says, give me a table. Didn't even call ahead. When do you ever need reservations <laughs> at Olive Garden? Party Crasher, Slaying Mantis. These cards are fantastic. We're I'm, super excited. I'm so excited to play with both of them. We'll have photos of them up um, on our Patreon, on our website, so you can check out these cards in real life. And, of course, on the video version of this episode on YouTube.com slash MTACast later this week, so you can get a closer look. We'll also probably tweet them out later today. So, uh, yeah, it, just fantastic cards. Really fun. Both of them uh, kind of using different interesting uh, game space that we don't normally see in magic cards. One throwing and one a double combat. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some of the other awesome cards that we've seen and the new mechanics happening in Unstable. Oh, boy. Maria, there's a there's something happening in Unstable that oh that's really up your alley. Yes, I am absolutely enamored with the Earl of Squirrel. Can yeah. I just say there's squirrels happening and Earl of Squirrel is the greatest card I have ever yeah. seen in my life. It's all you could ever want. I This card, first of all, is insane. Four green green for a four four squirrel advisor. It has, it has squirrel link. I just threw my head, headphones because I just got to quit the show because nothing better will ever happen in my entire life than squirrel link. I got really excited, you guys. Okay, hold on. I've had a lot of caffeine this morning. All right. Uh, Squirreling. So uh, the damage... cut Maria off from her highball supply. (laughs) (laughs) Damage dealt by this creature also causes you to create that many 1-1 green squirrel creature tokens. Creature tokens you control are squirrels in addition to their other types. Other squirrels you control get plus one, plus one. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's pretty great. Pretty great. I'm getting angry. I love this card so much. I have rage love for this card. Do you understand? Why? Why? <laughs> it's so. Why it does is it make you mad? So great. <laughs> it is so great. Nothing in the world will ever be as beautiful as this card. And there's lots of squirrels in this set, um, which apparently some of them seem to revolve around a dice rolling mechanic Ooh. to give you better rolls, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, like, let's see, snickering, snickering squirrel. squirrel. You may tap snickering squirrel to increase the result of a die any player rolled by one. Yeah, pretty cool. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So uh, squirrels in this set, I mean, the set icon is an acorn, and so I think we should have seen it coming, but I'm just so excited. They look it's so It's pretty cool. great. The squirrels, are, the squirrels are pretty great. Anyway, so do you want to talk about, like, the big headline deal that we're getting with yeah obviously unstable. The, the big headline deal is contraptions have arrived Ooh, steam flogger boss is real um it's 
It's wild. It is wild. So a little backstory. There is a set called Future Sight in which uh, Magic printed cards that would quote unquote ev- eventually be printed sometime in the future. Yeah. And one of the one of them that people have never forgotten was oh, no. Steamflogger Boss because they're like, this is ridiculous. so ridiculous. And it did not interact with any other cards in the set. Uh, it says uh, it's a three and a red for a three, three. Goblin Rigger. Other Riggers you control get plus one plus O and have haste. Okay. If a Rigger you control would assemble a contraption, it it assembles two contraptions instead. And people speculated for years and years what could possibly, this card could possibly be and what a contraption could possibly be. Yeah. It wasn't actually Magic's intention, by the way, to ever make this card real. Yeah, they were just sort of like, (laughs) (laughs) this is funny. This is a good joke. But. Joke's on them. Joke's on them because Mark Rosewater (laughs) tweeted, or not, sorry, not tweeted, but posted in his blog or something one day that he did intend to make Steam Flogger Boss. And then guess what? He had to stick with it because once he says it, once Mark Rosewater says it, it is canon. And here it is. And contraptions are upon us. And uh, how contraptions work is that uh, you have a separate contraption deck. Yes. So you, if you're drafting, you draft these things just the same as you would draft conspiracies in Conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, they go into your pile, and you shuffle them and play them as a separate deck to your 40-card deck that you've assembled uh, for a limited. And, um, gosh, it's kind of complicated. But on the back of the cards, they uh, kind of show you how you use them. And there's, like, a little gears. There's three gears, sprocket one, two, and three. And uh, you crank these contraptions. I'm using in quotation marks. You, like, once you assemble a contraption, what you do... Okay, Maria's trying to explain this. Is you take a card from your contraption deck and you put it under sprocket one, two, or three. Okay. And uh, you can choose where they go. And anytime it says you crank, or uh, that's assembling a contraption. And whenever you crank, something says crank a contraption, you activate it, whatever the contraption is. You activate gotcha. its ability and you go on down the line uh, through your sprockets like that. Um, so it's, I hope I've explained that well. It's kind of co- uh, complicated, but once you play with it, you'll get it. Um, and ex- give an example of one of these crazy contraption situations. Um, let's see, there's BB gun. <laughs> Just uh, put 10 Bs. Put 10 Bs! It's been printed, finally! (laughs) Whenever you crank BB gun, until end of turn, target creature gains two. This creature fights another target creature. Seems good. Pretty cool. Or uh, genetic recombinator. Uh, Whenever you crank genetic recombinator, get up to two target target creatures. Each get plus two, plus two until end of turn. Um... So, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. And, like, they're saying you can kind of stack your contraptions under various sprockets so that you can have one turn. Once you hit sprocket three, it's just, like, insanity, and you get all of this stuff. <gasps> or you can spread them out over sprockets one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, so you have something to do each turn. Um, but, yeah, Let's that's see. just nut- nutty. Just absolutely nutty. And, by the way, completely. these contraptions are beautiful with their... Um, they kind of spread over their borders. The art yeah. does. I love it. Oh, they're they're awesome. Um, let's see. There's also Clock of Doom, <laughs> which interacts with these. Uh, four and tap. Move the crank counter to your contraption deck's next sprocket and crank any number of that sprocket's contraption. Ooh, that seems good. Yeah. Uh, so it's you, just, you can go all I can't in. wait to see this in action. I'm a little terrified of seeing it in action because yeah. it seems like it's going to be seems powerful. real wild. <laughs> Powerful, but kind of wild and and crazy. So this is a 
something that I talked about in my preview article on Daily MTG. It's watermarks matter in this set, which means that little kind of yeah. semi-transparent mark behind cards that you'll see. Um, there'll be various cards that care about watermarks in this set, like the card Watermark It. You can tap to add two colorless mana to your mana pool to spend uh, cast spells with watermarks. Yeah, um, and many spells do have watermarks. Yeah, they do because they have the factions here. We have the the like the simic crazy combo faction you've got the goblin explosioneers faction yeah blah 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 so each one of these factions has a mark on their card and uh those those matter in various ways uh throughout the set by the way the contraption mark is considered a watermark um i should point that out too as does any kind of watermark from magic's literal history nice so like if you have a judge foil that says dci on it or it has the, like even the foil mark behind yeah. it that counts as a watermark. watermark any kind of promo mark on a card so if you're playing this in a cube or something like that or in any set that your friends agree you can use silver bordered cards uh you can do some really insane broken stuff especially with watermark it yeah uh so one card that's come up that i've really i really enjoy summon the pack <laughs> so good seven and a black uh, sorcery open a sealed magic booster pack reveal the cards and put all creature cards revealed this way onto the battlefield under your control there's zombies in addition to their other types how do you not immediately it's win it's amazing. this card is great number one best card in unstable calling it now i honestly don't know how any card can beat that it's like it's it's pretty good like, which pack are you picking? Ooh. Modern oh, Masters. wow. Boom, get up. Iconic Masters will be out. That's true. You can icon. But, you but know. But is that less about creatures? Yeah, exactly. I think you want to pick, like, a set that was really dense with creatures, like Amonkhet, maybe. <laughs> this is so great. We can I go love back. To, ooh, what about, um like, Battle for Zendikar? Yeah. You're going to get some, like, maybe you, get El, some you, crazy Eldrazi. big Eldrazi's. Oh, that's a great, great move. Eldrazi's. Yeah. Get right. out there, I think that's cool. what I'm going with. I'm going with Battle or Oath. Summon like the Oath pack. Like, the Gatewatch. Amazing. You have a card. Do it yourself. Yeah. Seraph that you previewed. Yes. This card is pretty sweet. Uh, with do-it-yourself Seraph, um, it says that... Oh First God. of all, it's just a 4-4 flying angel because... But what you're doing yeah. is you're kind of creating your own Seraph Angel because when it attacks, you can go and find like what an artifact. Yeah, so it's already like a sick. It's already a sick angel, right? Yeah. It's a it's a four four flyer for six for four white white. Um, and whenever yeah, so whenever it attacks, you search your library for an artifact and exile it. Um, and this angel now has the text box of that <laughs> card. Amazing. It's pretty great. So worm like coil really, engine. Exactly. Like it could be a worm coil engine. Um, it could be platinum angel or platinum Empyrean. Soul ring. Um, I mean, at this point you're already at four white white. Like, you cast this. <laughs> no, I don't need a soul ring, but you could, if you really wanted to. Yeah. Right. There's just like tons of awesome stuff That's uh, that you can go and get with this, which I think it's, it's super cool. Um, you could like make it indestructible. There's like tons of different like indestruct indestructible artifacts, yeah. like all of the dark steel. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Stuff. So you can go and like get that right away and make sure it's indestructible. It's super cool. Love it. This uh, set is full of uh, kind of nods as well to magic players in the magic community, like the card uh, Storm uh, Crow Storm. Crow Storm. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Two and a blue sorcery. Create a one-two blue bird creature token with flying named Stormcrow, and it has storm. <laughs> it's great. I love this card. It's really cool. Fantastic. It's a nod to a deck that pretty much broke 
the pro tour, which was called uh, no, that's not it. That's not it at all. What is it? What is it? What was it called? That, oh, that was. What uh, am I thinking of? Cobblade. Cobblade <laughs> and Blade Ka. Oh, okay. In the next unset, wizards, hear me oh. out. Please print uh, Cobblade, but it's a blade, some kind of blade equipment that has to go yeah. on a bird. No, Stormcrow is just you know like it's like everybody's favorite. Everybody's favorite little flyer. Um, it's just a little, it's just a little one in a blue for a little, for a little one, two flyer, oh, you know, that's Stormcrow. Great. Stormcrow. Um, and it's the card, you know, everybody's just like, it's OP. Stormcrow. <laughs> I'm OP. just, I'm sorry. I'm just in love with the idea of them printing complicated. <laughs> As a card. Must be equipped to a flyer. Love it. <laughs> uh, but there is a fun card about, that's about flavor, which has you name like, uh, either you name flavorful or bland and if your card has flavor text you get an ability uh and if your card doesn't have any flavor text you like draw cards or something like that that's also out there uh right now and there's one called capital offense that has no uh capital letters in the name or in any of the text box or anything so you might have an aneurysm if you're like (laughs) a grammar person and you're looking at this you're like looks horrible why does it look like this yeah um (laughs) it's pretty pretty good uh there it is capital offense oh we got to talk about spike tournament grinder too in a second but oh yeah absolutely take a look at capital Capital offense Offense. two black black target creature gets minus x minus x until end of turn where x is the number of times a capital letter appears in its rules text great wow that's pretty awesome that card's fantastic and this one has has none Obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then Judge April. Yay, Judge April. Um, has got Spike Tournament Grinder. So this is the completion of a kind of a, a set of cards. So um, there was Johnny, which happened in an unset. And there was, uh, what was the other one? Go to our Twitter. Uh, I retreated it. Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember. Uh, there's the Johnny card. This is a Spike card. And it was Timmy was the other one. And so two other cards have existed in two previous unsets, uh, Timmy and Johnny. And now we have Spike, which are the magic yeah. um, sort of archetypes of players. And Spike is known as the one that wants to win at any cost and really tries and studies and practices before a tournament. Uh, so Spike Tournament Grinder involves uh, Phyrexian mana. So it's two black black, but they're Phyrexian. Nice. Uh, so it could just be two and then you lose four life. Uh, for a 1-1 one, one, legendary creature, human gamer. Um, and then it has black 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 black. Or again, those are all Phyrexian. So you could take, you know, just take a cool eight damage. Uh, choose a card you own from outside the game that has been banned or restricted <laughs> in a constructed <laughs> format. Reveal that card and put it into your hand. <sighs> Do you know what? Treasure Cruise sure is restricted. <laughs> it sure is banned. <laughs> Why do you Ancestral Recall? Well, I suppose you got to own it. Yeah. I'd Treasure like, Cruise, though. Pulling yeah. out all my old copies. Absolutely. Like, hello, my old friends. It's good to see you again. And can I just quickly mention that this art is absolutely fantastic. It looks great. And this is a sweet, awesome lady playing magic with a nope t-shirt on which i yes. also think is fabulous with the blue uh, mana symbol with the blue mana symbol we were saying like we want that shirt oh yeah absolutely wizards please print this shirt it's fabulous um and this card is also fabulous and like 
It's like if you're playing in a game store and you open this in draft, you gotta like go up to the counter and be like, hey, how many treasure cruises you got behind that counter? <laughs> give them all to me. Give them all to me. Give them to me. Give them I'm trying to think of like what is the worst card. You, I mean, there's obviously huge broken cards you could name with this, but you've got to own them um, and they're very expensive. But what is the worst card that's been banned or restricted that you would never want to name? I don't, I'm not up enough on the banned and restricted uh, list, but if you tweeted us at MTACast with the hashtag, um, What's I feel like it's going to be one of the ones that was recent. Yeah. It's like you could go get a Gataxian probe. Like you you could go All get right. Reflector Mage. I think Reflector Mage would be better than Git Probe. Yeah, it would. It would just be. Because then it's just like, okay, well, I'll look at your hand and draw a card. I mean, it does say draw a card, so it's not the worst thing. Never okay, mind. the hashtag is worst spike, and that's what you should use if you want to tell us what the worst card but the you worst get card you could spike get with Spike Tournament, tournament grinder. grinder is. Yeah. So uh, check out all of these preview cards. They're happening left and right uh, all this week. Uh, DailyMTG.com and all across Twitter and the Magic Universe on the internet. Um, we'll dive more into this next week, I'm sure, because there is so much more to talk about. Mm -hmm. And Meg and I, of course, have a special announcement about the MTG Unset that we will reveal to you, which we... Can't say just yet, but um, tons of cool Spooky. stuff going on. I mean, there's a card called Sword of Dungeons and Dragons. Give me a break. <laughs> great. That's great. Let's talk about constructed stuff, Megan. That's right. Get out your hard hat and bandsaw because we are constructing. And a back's lunch. And a what? A back's lunch. That's not a word. Box okay. lunch? A box lunch. Oh, a box lunch. <laughs> I had no idea what you were saying. I had absolutely no idea. You were speaking a foreign language as far as I was concerned. It's like, great. I don't know what this means. I don't know what these words mean that are coming out of At my mouth. At all. My squirrel. At all. Oh. Um, yeah, so as I mentioned, I played in SCG Regionals. Yes. Uh, what is that? Weekend, but the weekend before. Um, it's, it's a tournament. Okay. Uh, no, it's just, you know, it's it's regionals. It was modern this time around. Um, like top eight, there's like, there's some, you know, sweet cash you can win. And then you can also get an invite to the Invitational. Why is um, it called regionals? Because they have them for each region. Ah, um, like the one from Minneapolis drew players from kind of all over the Midwest. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a lot of fun. I did not know about it until like three days beforehand, and I was like, do you know what? Sure, I'm not doing anything. Perfect. I will go to this. I think that's the best. Way. I love modern. Um, it is it's like it is maybe my favorite format to play right now. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Modern's great. Modern is super great. It's super very cool. diverse. And I want to say, like, I feel like a lot of people kind of write off modern as they say, like, it's so matchup dependent. It just feels like a coin flip. Either you're going to get a good matchup or you're going to get a bad matchup. Um, and you'll win the good ones and you'll lose the bad ones. And that's it. Uh, to which I say, you're wrong. <laughs> I disagree with that. Um, yeah, I disagree. I certainly feel like um, while that is the case for some decks, you can also certainly make deck decisions where you're going to be making a lot of important choices uh, throughout the course of a game. Um, and it's it's not just about if you have a good matchup. Obviously, that'll help you out a lot. Um, but it's it's not a, a all of a win-win or a lose-lose situation. And for you yet. can make sideboarding decisions 
based on that kind of information as well. Absolutely. Uh, so I took um, the newest version of Scapeshift that I've been playing, which has four Scapeshift, three Hour of Promise, and four Primeval Titans, um, as well as all the usual ramp plus two Prismatic Omens. They uh, will be a deck tech on this on the Magic the Amateuring YouTube channel That's this week. right. If you're like, this sounds awesome, and it is awesome. I really enjoy playing this deck. Uh, you can check it out tomorrow. I'll talk all about it. YouTube.com slash MTAcast. Um, yeah. So I started out three and one, which I'm like, okay, this is solid. This is great. Um, and then I ended up at some point I was like five and two and I was like, all right, there's nine rounds. I can still finish strong. I ended up five and four. <laughs> it was uh, like wow. a hard, a hard downhill turn for me at the very end there, especially the last round. I straight up, I, I won the first game it was against storm which i think is some people will say is like kind of 50 50 for this deck but i think is slightly more favorable for me yeah um it feels very strong honestly uh and and i just i won game one and in games two and three it was literally if i i could have made a decision where i won the game and instead i made the decision where i lost <laughs> And it wasn't like it was hidden information that needed to be deduced. I simply made the way worse of two choices presented to me. Well, you know, magic's a hard game. It's a hard game. And I was very tired. Um, you know, like the decision fatigue is real. So I feel like my brain was just like, it was not up to making those choices. Look, you're playing a deck where you have to actually do math and quite a bit and you of do it. have to do a lot of math yeah. um which is definitely one of the the weaknesses for me um so like i said this was the this was a tournament where i was certainly thinking after every round i was like what could i have done to win this game that i just lost right um so like my first loss was to the abzan um counters combo deck the one that does have it has the druid and the vizier and then it also has like it'll have like a walking blister or something yeah and on both in both games my opponent comboed me on turn three which Oof. is like very rough that right? is and i mean and for me it's sort of like oh rare. if i only have three bolts in my board in my deck that can deal with it and post sideboard i also have two anger of the gods but those are sorcery speed so that's even not as helpful um and it's just like okay i didn't draw the bolts yeah but even looking at those games, I was like, do you know what? It is not fair to look at that game and say, I played, like, I only lost because, like, I did only lose because my opponent comboed on turn three and I had no way to interact with it. But even considering that, I did not play that game optimally hmm. at all, right? It's like, drat, I lost. Uh, I bet that's drat. what you said. <laughs> exactly. Drat. I lost. Oh, drat. Oh, drat. I've lost. <laughs> but at the same time, you can't use the fact that your opponent had an insane draw to like allow yourself the leeway to have made bad decisions. Um, because on both of them, it, I didn't think through... Um, Right. If they had comboed on turn four, I had not set myself up in a way where I could interact with that when my deck does have that possibility. Yeah. Um, because the way the deck is set up, there's chances that you can bolt things just with your lands by like cracking fetch lands if you or if you have like a prismatic omen in play or fetching some lands or that sort of thing. Right. There's like ways that you can deal incidental bolt damage if you ramp up quick, quickly enough. Incidental and I had not put damage. myself in a place where I could have done that on the next turn. Sure. And it was like, I think that that was like a really big error. So I guess one of my biggest lessons of the weekend was like, you can't let the fact that your opponent 
um, did, that your opponent did have a very good draw against you and you didn't have a way to interact with it, like excuse the fact that you weren't playing optimally. Yeah, you've always got to put yourself yeah. in the best position to potentially win because, you know, we've said on the show a number of times, we have seen games where, you know, out of absolutely nowhere, it feels like somebody who's very good at magic is able to turn the game around in their favor. And like, absolutely. I'm the kind of player that would get sloppy and be like, well, there's no way I can win this. I give up. Exactly. And I was being sloppy. And to be fair, this deck like really lends itself to making a lot of like you make so many decisions over the course of the game. And I talk about this in the deck tech um, because you think this game, like this deck is streamlined. You're just ramping and then casting a finisher. But the truth is, is that it's very much about like, there's all of these different little inner workings about like what lands you should be getting with all of these ramp spells that you're casting. Sure. And making the correct choice can mean the difference between winning and losing the game. Absolutely. And all you're doing is casting like a freaking far seek. And you're not thinking to yourself, man, this <laughs> stupid far seek, which all it does is ramp me by a land is going to like the land that I get is going to make the difference between me winning and losing this game but it does <laughs> it like does. it could uh which is part of what i love about it um so anyways it was like it was i really loved playing the tournament at the end of it i did have a moment that was like i don't i i thought to myself like i wonder when the day is that you give up on a deck because you know that you will never be able to play it perfectly oh that's so sad which for me, it's like definitely something that I have to think about with this deck. I thought about it with this deck because there is a lot of math. Yep. And it's a type of math that it does not come naturally to me. Um, I've I like I definitely lost a couple of games in the course of the day, or I like I won, but honestly, it's, my math was so shoddy I shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, and it's sort of like if I'm if I'm never going to be able to always make the correct mathematical like decisions. Yeah. Should I put this deck down? And I think the answer for me for right now is like, no, I enjoy it enough. Yeah. And I believe in my ability to learn. But like, if I'm still like a year out from now making the wrong land choices. Sure. Then is there, is there a time at which you should look at a deck and be like, this is a great deck, but it's never going to be the deck for me yeah. because it does not suit me. <laughs> so, sounds like a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yourself in a relationship you're like hey you know what this deck is great this deck's yeah. great but you know what it's just not the deck for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely you just gotta let it go it's gonna be the perfect deck for someone else <laughs> but uh, it is not perfect great. for me yeah yeah so anyways um i really enjoyed playing it playing playing the games yeah um i ended up lo like i won against it was like a very favorable room for the deck too because it was full of um creature decks that had like different like like oh, why was i in there yeah it was like oh. naya and um and abzan like just like those mid-range coco decks where it's just like it's those are such good matchups. Get my boggles They're in there. They're not interacting enough with what you're doing. Yeah, boggles is the same. It's like Would you're crush. not interacting with what yeah. I'm doing. And if you're not interacting, I'm gonna kill you on turn four. <laughs> I'm like that's not you're enough time. Dead. That's not enough time. Oh, for you're playing you. creatures. Cute. Great. <laughs> so which, am I. Yeah, I didn't encounter the humans there deck, but boop, which boop, I think boop, is boop, a different boop, story because oh, they have like yeah. those kite sail freebooters and stuff. Yeah, humans deck but is kind of like hate bears. It is. A little uh, bit. Yeah. So I was lucky that I didn't hit that. But overall, it was, uh, yeah, so I lost to, like, that Abzan. I lost to Merfolk. Um, 
I lost to Grix's Death Shadow, which was actually very close. I've always felt like that was one good moment, right? I still lost to it. But there was a point in game three where I would have won if over the course of three turns I had drawn my sixth land at any point. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't. And that ended up like I ended up dying because of that. And sometimes that happens. Um, but it did feel I was always like that matchup always felt so bad. And to sort of go to a tournament and be like, it's not bad, actually. Yeah. Like I do need to draw some of the right cards, but there's an opening there. That was nice. And then I lost to Storm by by literally Losing Storm. two games based on one bad decision in each game. Who storm? Oh, that was great though. Yeah. Well, Pretty excellent. Solid. Um, let's chat a little bit now about Grand Prix Atlanta this yeah. past weekend. That's right. So standard was uh, breezing into town after the pro tour, and it was interesting to see what the players brought to the table based on what had happened at the PT. The week yes. previous. Uh, Grand Prix Atlanta, which we can talk about because Teamer did not yeah, win. Yeah, Teamer didn't win, so we're free to talk about it. Exactly. Uh, if it had not, <laughs> we would never. Let's talk for a second about Corey Baumeister, who made, what is this, his fourth consecutive fourth, top eight? Fourth. Yes. Isn't that just absurd? In Grand Prix? That's In standard insane. Grand Prix. Insane. Uh, yeah. Like... Give me a break, Corey. I saw him tweet when he was uh, trying to play for top eight, and he was like, I should say, like, just one more time, dealer, just one more time. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking you about, had... one more time? You've had 7,000 one more times. This is, in I mean, he is incredible. Knows that. He knows that. But... Incredible. Um, all right, yeah, so our, let's see. Uh, he was playing teamer, but <laughs> He was playing teamer. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay. He's one of the nicest the, people of all time. The Bash brothers love their teamer. Let's get real. Um, so there's a lot of four-color energy in here. Yeah. Lots and lots of energy. But the deck that took it all down was Alex Lloyd with Esper Approach of the Second. Okay, side. hold on. We've had blue-white approach. We've had red-white approach. What the heck is this Esper Approach? It's an Esper Approach. Why oh, Esper? So, what the heck so is great. in here that's black? Uh, it has Fatal Pushes. Oh, well, that Fatal makes Push, sense. Fatal Push, solid card. Fatal Push, uh, best black removal spell in, in uh, standard. A lot. It's great. I mean, it just is. And it's so good. I guess it's you splash so, for it. So good. Uh, it also has two Vraska's Contempt in the sideboard. Okay, sure. Um, which are which are real solid. And two Scarab Gods. Yeah, I was going to say, you usually see a Scarab God somewhere if somebody's putting if black in their deck. If someone's blue-black in their deck, there's usually a Scarab God high, lurking in the shadows. Hi, I'm just a little beetle. Hello. I went on my rant about Scarab God a couple episodes ago. If you want, you can go back and find it. I hate this card. Continue. <laughs> It's just like it's just very good. Yeah, this it's is just a so very good. good magic so card. Good. Um, yeah, so this is doing it's it's doing the classic approach of the second sun thing, where it's like I'm gonna kill all your creatures with some fumigates, with some settle the wreckages, which we've been seeing a lot of that card. Yes, in absolutely. These approach decks mm -hmm. uh, and these white based control, which is really cool. And the two fumigate, um, notably in this list, yeah. some players were kind of removing it and just being like, "Well, I'll just play these settle the wreckages." But once people found out about that, they were like, They'd be like "Oh." Way like, way way more shifty about attacking. Yeah, they'd be but like, they've only got to send in one thing, and it's like, no, no. Do you know what? I'll just kill all your stuff. <laughs> if you're not gonna <laughs> attack with it, I'll just kill I'll just it kill all. it all. It's fine. Um, yeah, and then adds, also has two search for his Canto, which is pretty cool. Obviously, very good in yes, this deck for finding great. those those approaches. Um, yes, yeah, you know, just some some classic card draws. Also got some opts. Nice. 
in Ixalan. Uh, yeah, super cool. Well, congrats to Alex Lloyd for uh, making some innovations and in bringing Esper Approach to Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, Megan, you're heading to Portland this coming weekend. I am. I'm going to be working up in Grand Prix Portland. So cool. if you're there, come by and say hi. Hi. Uh, please say it exactly say it like, like that. that or I will not <laughs> respond. If you say hi, hi or hello, I will pretend like you don't exist. If you say hi, hi, I will acknowledge you. What's the format? It is standard. Woo, two standard, back to back to back to back. That's right. Standard's really flying off the shelf. If you have to write about Teamer um, winning, what will you do? Will you just not write about it? <laughs> You're like, sorry. Look, I had it in my claws. The fine print. Exactly. Can't do it. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll just pretend like something else won. What would you play if you were um, going to play uh, this Esper approach? You play this? It looks oh, absolutely. cool. Absolutely. It looks really cool. Yeah, I love it. Uh, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. It's great. Yeah, I would uh, hit, hit them up with my Wana White Vampy, Vampy Spiky Mouth Boys. But uh, Spiky Mouth Boys. Yeah, the Spiky Mouth Boys. It is a. Not a tradition. It's not exactly. It's pretty close to the deck that I want to play. Um, but uh, we got to wait for rivals to really get it, push it over the finish line. I am H O. But yeah. yeah, you can tune in and check out coverage of Grand Prix Portland on Twitch.tv slash magic this weekend. What about I am Dio? In my dishonest opinion. Dishonest opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start using that. I am Dio. I am B O is the opposite in my braggy opinion. <laughs> B.O. This deck's the best and y'all can get wrecked. It, that just sounds like you're saying I am body odor. <laughs> well, everybody, that's episode 252 of Magic the Amateur Inc. 251. 251. <laughs> I was like legit like this time I'm going to say it right. I know you were trying so hard. Wow. This just is a, what made it even better when you, you were know, wrong. This is what... Uh, a sign. This is a lesson to us all. When you try hard, you just fail. So just go in cold. Stop trying. That's actually true for me. If I ever try super hard, it's something like I go and I'm like, I'm going to get this right. This is going to be great. Marie, you're going to slay. I just freaking fall flat on my face. But if I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go and I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be me. Give me two things where that has been the case. Auditions, 100%. Okay. So I would go to an audition and be like, I've rehearsed this a thousand times. I'm getting up there. I'm going to nail this thing. And I get up there and I'm like, freeze, stage fright. Okay. Forget the lines of my monologue. And then uh, if I go and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to be like, I could take this part. Or I could leave this part. And if I don't get this part, it's not the end of the world. And that's fine. Go in. Slay. Uh, it's just a mindset thing. You know, it's like you, you get two in your head. You know what I mean? And I yeah. was and I was like really in my head that I was going to get this episode <laughs> You really were. You really were. And I think like, yeah, I can't, I'm trying, I can't think of a, a good second example. Like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's a first date. If you go in like super like, oh, this is going to be, I'm going to make sure this is great. I'm going to look awesome. See, I go in assuming that they're just going to be trash. <laughs> or you can go in and be like, you know what? If this doesn't work out, that's okay. <laughs> or you if can go does, in and be like. Great. This is going to be trash. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks 
for hanging out with us, and I uh, hope you enjoy the, our unstable previews. Those are some sweet cards. Yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. They're pretty awesome. Once again, thank you so much to everyone who's supporting the show at Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash MTACast. It really does mean so much to us. Uh, and thank you again as well to our sponsor, cardkingdom.com, cardkingdom.com slash MTACast. Go get your hands on those sick full art lands. Get your hands on some lands at cardkingdom.com slash MTACast. There you go. Another slogan for you, Card Kingdom. We just keep coming up with them left and right, left and right. here on left this show. Right. <laughs> uh, go sub on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MTACast yeah, to get notified. Suck out. Suck out. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Suck out. Now, now I don't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Sounded like suck out. Sauerkraut. Yeah. That was it, right? You can sauerkraut. I was going to say check out, but you were saying subscribe. So <laughs> my brain just threw those two words together. We have five deck techs up oh, there. Very awesome. As of this Wednesday, there'll be five deck techs up on. We have little playlists, and you can go through those. They're um, all modern, I believe. Check it out. Check it out. Slash subscribe. S- slash sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. <laughs>